Because a lot of times what happens in B2B is people tend to be really good at talking about their products, but not really start talking about the value and the stories that build emotional connection. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Tuesday, which means this is our hashtag one big idea episode. In these episodes, you'll hear some of the best big ideas from incredible practitioners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs within our community. Here we go. Sangramir, welcome to the Flip My Funnel podcast. Uh, I am super pumped and excited for today's guest, uh, Chandar Patabiram. Uh, he is the CMO of Coupa. Uh, he he was the CMO of Marketo, and most people know being Marketo and the journey that that Marketo has been. He's also the board of advisor for Gainsight and has been in the Martech space for probably like fifteen or year, fifteen plus years, but has done some incredible, incredible things. And when you think about the audience, uh, Chandar, for, for this podcast, it's primarily B2B marketing and sales people and entrepreneurs. So I am really stoked to get into a really interesting topic. And, and I think we're going to hear some models around when I was at Salesforce, how it worked and how now you are taking that model and implementing at Coupa and, and your thoughts around it. So Chandra, I can't wait to get into it. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Sangram. It's so awesome to be here, and thank you for the kind words of introduction. So uh, great to share perspectives today. Awesome, man. Well, well, first of all, you have been the CMO of Marketo, and, and now you have been CMO of Coupa for about about eight months. How is this new CMO journey? Uh, you know, how, you know, if somebody's right now looking to be a CMO or getting into into a job, what have you learned in the last eight months, and what would you say? Uh, is something that you want to to say that hey, is a lesson learned I learned uh, in the last eight months of being a CMO of a new company. No, it's great. I think uh, you know it was it was very it was a privilege privilege to be CMO at Marketo. Just kind of the barber's barber job, uh, you know, you know, marketing <laughs> to a lot of marketers. Yeah. And and once I left Marketo, uh, you know, getting into Cooper was you know it's been a great experience. And you know, I, I feel that in software, for you to become a billion dollar company in software, you know, there's, there's three things need to happen. Um, first is the category that you're selling needs to become mandatory. It can be a discretionary spend. It has to be a mandatory spend. That's one. And for Coupa, one great advantage is just like every company makes money, every company spends money. So what Salesforce is to sales is what we are to spend and business spend management. So that's been really great. And two is that if your category is mandatory, you better have competitive leadership. You want to be the Coupa Pepsi of your space. You don't want to be RC Cola. You really have to have the product leadership and innovation. And three, if you have a great culture and bring scale to an organization and you have that combination, um, then it can be really, really successful to grow the company um, in a big way. And that's kind of what we're doing at Coupa. Um, as you can see, it's a public company. It's one of the fastest growing public companies in the market. And you know, from my perspective, the lesson learned, as I've learned throughout, is you got to come in and you have to design a marketing organization outside in in terms of what success means for your customers and your customers' customers rather than having siloed functions in marketing. And two is how you're designing a marketing organization to drive the best alignment that's in B2B across sales and marketing. In, in, and I'll talk about what we're doing on that front. And then you gotta have the right you know, program design as well as the, how you manage your spend in such a way that you're driving all aspects of customer lifecycle marketing as, as opposed to just acquisition marketing, which typically happens in B2B organizations. That's kind of the lens I've come up with, um, which I've learned through the years, and that's what I'm trying to apply when I come into 
that's awesome, Chander. I think uh, I, I have. I have really, really thought about when, when I was in, in marketing and went to the acquisition of, of Pardot to Salesforce, one of the topics that, that we were thinking about and, and, and something that was happened, at least when I was there, was this whole idea of horsemen. And we had four horsemen. Um, I think it was one was inbound, other was outbound, third one was channels, and I think the fourth one was agencies or, or something else. And Everything that we measured was based on the pipeline around either one of those things. And it was very, very frustrating at times because, as you know, like marketing doesn't really function in one place or not one thing is a magical moment. There are many moments, many magic moments that lead to a company to go from a, um, a you know, a startup company or not more than a company from a marketing program for it to work across the board. And, and I know that you have been thinking and talking about this whole idea of all-bound approach. Could you share and unpack that a little bit? No, great, absolutely. Um, you know, historically, a lot of companies in B2B, as you mentioned, have this horseman model where they talk about marketing is responsible for 50% of pipeline, sales does 30%, partners do 15%, and, and then agencies, as you talked about, or, or direct versus indirect, depends on what partnership model you have, does the other 5%, 10%, etc. Um, and it's been a way to measure impact uh, historically, uh, you know, at the, at the seat at the table at the CEO level as at the board level. The problem with such a model is that it is by nature designed not to drive synergies between sales and marketing. Because they're all between sales or marketing and partnerships because you start getting into, okay, who really generated that opportunity? Did a partner walk someone into the booth and then they checked out the website? Who really actually generated the opportunity, et cetera? You get into this whole friction between, organ- between different uh, functions. So the, the way we have looked at it is at the end of the day, um, rather than figuring out the function of a horseman, let's kind of look at it as how does an opportunity or a pipeline get generated. There are two ways to do this, right? One is an opportunity where we are programmatically targeting a set of target accounts using ideal customer profile, understanding the accounts with the highest propensity to buy, and then programmatically targeting them to go after them. And then Outside of that, there is a set of inbound and broad-based tactics that we would do outside of this account-based marketing. So if you kind of take that paradigm to start with, then we would say that this programmatic targeting of these ideal customer profile or these accounts with the highest propensity to buy is not a sales function alone, is not a partner function alone, is not a marketing function alone. It's a combined function. And that's what I call all-bound. And it's not inbound, it's not outbound, it's all-bound. So, for example, for us in this case, like, let's just take hypothetically that you know we want 50 to 60 percent of our pipeline or our bookings coming from this all-bound effort, where where sales goes and prospects these accounts. Marketing's job in that particular case is what I call color the sky is Cooper blue. In other words, drive the best awareness and engagement with these target accounts while sales is prospecting them. Right. And then outside of that, you have that 30, 40 percent, whatever is what I call lead-based marketing, or we can call broad-based, uh, as a combination of inbound as well as other broad-based tactics that you may have. So from an alignment perspective, rather than looking at this horseman model, we say that marketing is just not responsible for 30 to 40% of our pipe. Marketing is responsible for co-driving all of our pipe, with whether it's all-bound or whether it's this whole concept of you know inbound and broad-based. That's the idea here. Wow. So, so Chandar, I'm I'm really curious now. Has that uh, required you to change the organizational structure to align with this kind of all-bound model? Because I'm assuming that 
in the in the early days there has been big challenges around like wait a minute what what is this new thing so what what changes did you have to make in the organization to get them aligned especially on the marketing side and and I'm assuming all the way to the sales leadership and the executive level yeah i think there's changes on three fronts right there's changes on a the design of the marketing organization um um, two is there's changes on the technology stack you need to have to go implement this. And three, there's changes on how the joint synergy metrics that you want to track in terms of joint success. So we got to look at it all these three levels, and I can double-click on each of these a little bit. Yeah. Um, so first, if you look at the, on the, the design of the marketing organizations, one of the most important things to do, I feel, in B2B is you got to start with sales success and work backwards. And what we have done, uh, both at Marketo as well as at, at Coupa, is have first understand the different sales segments that your company is operating in. Yeah. So, for example, for us, our company is operating in the mid-market segment, in the North American enterprise segment, in the you know in the in the EMEA segment, as well as you know we have install basis segment, as well as APAC, LATAM, etc. So you kind of start off with the sales segments and work backwards, and say that I need to have dedicated teams for what I call segment marketing and demand generation for those for, for dedicated to those segments. In other words, there is a segment marketer who is responsible for understanding messaging, positioning, go-to-market, uh, you know, what are the win strategies, and kind of be the orchestrator of success of that segment across sales, your sales development function and marketing, and kind of kind of play that orchestration role. And, and that's kind of one role dedicated to that segment. And in conjunction with that, you have a dedicated demand gen team for a function. So their job is responsible collectively to help sales drive the right pipeline and bookings for the segment. So from a design perspective, A, you need to have dedicated marketers looking at all bound strategies for both demand gen and segment marketing together for a particular segment. That's one from an org design perspective. And then behind that, you can have all the shared services of a marketing ops center of excellence, product marketing driving competitive intelligence, analyst relations, launching product lines, et cetera, as well as all the corporate marketing engine in terms of your brand marketing, in terms of your content marketing, and in terms of your corp comms and, and your event marketing, et cetera. So dedicated teams for segments augmented by shared services for these different functions. That's design one. Two, in terms of technology stack, you got uh, to look at what are the, the, this marketing automation technologies, obviously Marketo is one, um, and, and, and then there are sales and marketing alignment technologies, and we have to look at technologies that are best suited for sales to go look at how they're engaging these different accounts in the all-bound model. Mm. And, and typically, a marketing automation technology gives you great lead nurturing, prospecting, and scoring, and all the stuff, but you need an augmenting technology for sales to go look at the right level of account engagement they're doing in this all-bound model the account is the highest potential. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, I think the design part is really, really interesting. Uh, what, what, how many people do you have in your organization right now, a uh, marketing organization? So we have, you know, uh, approximately 30 people in a marketing or a fast-growing organization, but approximately 30 right now in our organization. Wow. And what, what is the, you know, how many people would you, you know, could, could you kind of unpack that a little bit of like how many people are in product marketing versus field marketing maybe uh, or demand gen or brand? You know, it's, it's, typically, it's typically what would happen is that in an organization when you're scaling is, you know, it all depends on how you, you would probably have 40% of your resources in demand gen, you have 40 to 50%, you would have 25% in product marketing, product and segment marketing, 25% in the corporate marketing function. 
because when you're in a high growth environments, you want to scale. And I think imagine also include field marketing in that, that component, right? Okay. Um, and, and that's really why you want to scale. In fact, when I got to Marketo, that board was a little bit more imbalanced. Uh, and then we balanced it a lot more in, in investing more in product marketing as well as corporate marketing. But really, in a growth stage of an organization, that's kind of one you know rule of thumb to have in terms of how you're scaling the organization. Gotcha. Now this is this is really really interesting. Help help me understand a little bit more about you know I think this is the question we get all the time that in organizations when you think about the role of a CMO that person you know it's no longer and, and we had Tim Kopp recently um, on the podcast and he said that there are seven types of CMOs and and he said well you good luck if you're going to be able to find all the seven traits of a CMO in one person he went from saying that hey if you're in a category leading leading position. Uh, in the early stage, maybe that CMO is actually more of a thought leader in helping move the category forward. Um, as you start scaling, you, you get somebody who is a thought leader, but but more focused on product marketing, and he needs to have other people surrounding him with that with other skills. Or maybe at a at a much higher scale, they are more of a brand driver, or maybe a demand gen driver, depending upon what category or industry you're in. I, I'm, I'm curious to get your view as a very, very successful CMO, being part of Marketo and not being of Coupa, and obviously running extremely large, high-growth portfolio organizations. What is your take on the modern CMO, and, and what kind of skill set do you see them having? Yeah, it's a good question. I've thought about it, um, and uh, you know, from my perspective, I think seven traits is great. I mean, I can I can't remember all seven to begin with, so it's <laughs> tough to have all these traits. You can't remember all the seven attributes. Um, but I look at it as, I think ultimately marketing is the science of storytelling. So there's definitely going, marketing is shifting from a soft science to a programmatic science uh, over the last many years with all with, with the, all the influx of all the greater, data-driven technologies. Um, but it also will always will be about storytelling too. It, it is about ultimately building emotive connections and, and using that emotion as a weapon of mass influence to, to own attributes in the, in the minds of the buyer, win the battle for the mind for the buyer. That's really what marketing's job is. Yeah. As a CMO, you know, I look at it as a, as a Venn diagram of three circles, right? I mean, you need to have skills of, you know, an Einstein or a Maria, Maria Curry, and skills of a Winston Churchill. And I explain each of these in a, in a, in a, in a quick context, right? So one is the analytical skills that you need to really understand the data-driven aspects of marketing and, and, and you're shifting marketing from a soft science to a programmatic science. As a CMO, those of us who started in the right brain need to kind of learn the left brain activity to understand the, the data-driven aspects. So that's what I call the Mary Curry or the, the analytical skills uh, of marketing. The second is, I call it the Spielberg skills, which is really understand storytelling and harness your skills of storytelling, uh, both personally as a CMO and get your function also to go do that. Because a lot of times what happens in B2B is people tend to be really good at talking about their products, but not really start talking about the value and the stories that build emotional connections. And the line I always use is that people don't buy candles because they like candles. People buy candles because they want light. So you have to always understand the value and be able to tell emotive engaging stories and have that, you know, build that, you know, Spielberg skill set. And the third, I think, is the Churchill skill set, which is about how do you inspire people uh, and communicate in an effective manner. One is inspiring a team, and two is the ability to very succinctly communicate to the board as well as the fellow e-staff members on the on the empirical impact of marketing and the and the value of marketing, and do it in a very succinct way, and yet inspire people too. So those are the three circles I try. And of course, are these aspirational? 
but we're always trying to kind of harness your skills in these circles to become a very effective CMO. I love that, man. I love that. This has been really, really exciting. So I'm going to try to recap uh, this session. Man, there's just so many different things that I want to kind of write. And I've written down like two pages of notes on it. So I'm going to try to do my best to summarize some of the incredible nuggets and big ideas that you just shared. Number one, I think if you are in a company that is more of a category leadership position, if that's what you aspire and Marketo in the marketing automation space and, and Coupa in the procurement phase, you guys have absolutely done it. I think the three things that you shared, which which I think is, is extraordinarily awesome. I, I never thought about it this way. One is the category needs to have a mandatory need, right? This is not a nice to have. This is a must have in your category and people got to be able to identify it. And then the second one was that you need to demonstrate competitive leadership in the space. And that's where I think, you, you know, you guys are obviously on the magic quadrant and all those things from a competitive perspective. You need to be one of the most innovative companies out there, uh, just like Salesforce has done for, for the sales world. And then finally, when you think about the culture and scale, if you are going to be in a high growth company and a category leadership position, then you need to build a culture of scale. And having a combination of these three things would really translate into a more strong category leadership. Uh, the other things that, that you mentioned, I think as a new CMO, I think a lot of people aspire to be a CMO and a lot of people think about CMO. I have never heard anybody describe this uh, Wayne diagram the way you did around uh, an analytical storytelling and inspiration. So those are the three elements of it and the intersection of those three things. Now, I do think finding a person with those all three skills of being really good at analytical uh, thought process or good at storytelling or inspiration may be hard. But to your point, maybe you need to build a team and know what your strengths are and have other people alongside with you to do that. So, so that was really, really interesting. And then finally, I think this the whole conversation really started with is if you really want to build a high growth organization and, and you, you cannot do that thinking about it like a horseman and having different channels for different ways because that inherently creates the sales and marketing misalignment. So if you want to change that, if you really truly want to build a high growth organization that drives revenue, then this idea of all bound, and even I have talked about it and, and, and have, have written about this thing, but I think hearing you, Chandra, say about it and seeing it at the scale that you are doing at a company, at a public company like Cooper, I think it just tells the story that sales and marketing alignment is so important and the best way to start that is by aligning everybody on one scorecard and, and all bound seems to be a really, really cool way to, to do that. So before we close, Chandra, any other words of advice for uh, aspiring marketers who are, uh, who are trying to break into marketing or people who are trying to be a CMO? What is it the thing that they should always think about? Yeah, it's a great, by the way, that was a great summary. And the one thing, the one thing I would add to the culture point you just made uh, Sangram is that I talked about culture of scale, but it also has to be a culture of authenticity, and mm. that's really, really important. As you know, in, especially in today's world, that you know, being authentic leaders, uh, transparency, authenticity, and trust is very important as much as you build scale. Uh, word of advice for marketers is that you know, we have anybody getting into marketing, it's it's kind of you have to build the skill set of depth as a specialist to get into marketing, whether it's programmatic ad buying or getting into account-based marketing or getting into a specific domain of product marketing or anything like that. But as you grow a career, you have to think about how do I go from a specialist to become a generalist, harness those skills of storytelling and another piece that I talked about to kind of become a CMO. So you have to have that combination of what I call a full-brain marketer, not a left-brain marketer, right-brain marketer, like a full-brain marketer. 
just like in engineering, there's the concept of a full stack developer, yeah. but it's not about backend development or front end development. It's the whole thing. It's the same concept of paradigm we have to think about to eventually become a CMO and be successful. That's kind of my POV on this method. That is amazing, Chandra. I think that's the perfect way to close. Thank you so much for taking the time, man, and all the best in your new role. You're obviously kicking ass and, and doing some really cool stuff. I can't wait to just follow along your journey and uh, and we'll have you back as, as you find new things. Uh, I'd love to have you back on the podcast. That's great, Shangram. Thanks again for the opportunity and uh, have a good one. Thanks. Flip My Funnel is on a mission to build the largest and most engaged community of B2B professionals in the world. Join the movement at flipmyfunnel.com. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.